0: This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. This morning, we're starting a new series that we're calling Choices. And um, in this new series, we're going to be looking at some different decisions, some different options, some different choices that we're faced with all the time. And so I currently am a a result. I'm like the sum of all of the choices in my life thus far, right? All the choices that I've made have created this. And some of you are like, man, those are some really good choices. Others of you are like, could have made some better choices, right? I'm sure. But, uh, you know, and, and it's the case with all of us. All the choices that we've made have made us who we are currently. For instance, in middle school, the choices that we make in middle school really set us up for high school, right? You guys remember the friends that we make in middle school? That's such a volatile, such an important time. The friends that we make in middle school, the, um, the, the sports that we start to learn in middle school, the musical instrument that we choose in the exploratory rotation, right? In sixth grade, I picked bells. I have no idea why I picked bells, but I picked bells, and so that shaped my, my life. They shouldn't give those big decisions to middle schoolers, should they? Our parents should pick what we play. Why don't I play the violin? How cool would that be? No, I can play a mean set of bells. I don't get it. But the, the, the choices that we make in middle school set us up for high school, right? And then the choices we make in high school, the choices we make in high school, wah, 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 the choices we make in high school oftentimes set us up for college, Right? Do we do well in studies or do we do well in our social life? A lot of that has to do with where we end up at college. Right? And then the choices you make in college really inform our early adulthood. And, and who we decide to become friends with, what we decide to study, where we decide to go. All of these choices compound on one another and take us to the next stage of life. And then we end up in marriage or we end up in our career. We end up with kids. We end up uh, dealing with finances. And all of these things, there's consistent choices that have to be made. And the choices that we make continually compound on one another. And so all of us in this room have made choices that have led us to where we are right now. And some of those choices that we've made were good choices. Some of us are sitting right next to the best choice we ever made. Right? Amen. Bob's got brownie points. First one to say amen to that one. And he said it loud. You will never hear Bob say amen that loud in church. But Lord, he's like, amen, hallelujah. You hear that, baby? Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> some of the choices were good. Some of the choices were not so good. Please don't say amen to that, ladies. Let's keep that down. Um, some of the choices that we've made we're super proud of, and some of the choices that we've made, we're not so proud of. But one of the most important choices that I feel like we can make that sort of blankets across so many different genres, so many different areas of our life, so many different uh, spheres of influence and, and realms that we enter uh, through our journey one of the most important choices that we can make that we're going to talk about this morning is choosing purpose over popularity. The choice to choose purpose over popularity. And again, I feel like this is one of those blanket choices that apply to so many different areas. When we're choosing our purpose over popularity when it comes to parenting, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to finances, when it comes to career decisions, when it comes to time priorities, when it comes to what we want to make important in our lives, choosing purpose over popularity. And the problem is if we don't know the purpose of something, we tend to misuse it if we don't really focus on the purpose and what the intention is and where we're headed and where we're going, if we don't make purpose a priority, then we tend to misuse it, right? If we don't know the purpose in our parenting and we don't know who we're trying to create and what kind of person we're trying to craft and mold and where we're hoping to take these little people, then we tend to misuse it. And we find ourselves way off course and we find ourselves upset about things that really don't matter and freaking out about things that we really shouldn't be freaking out about when we lose sight of the purpose of what we're doing. If we don't know the purpose in our friendships and in our relationships, we tend to misuse them. We use them to shape our own identity through our friendships. We shape our confidence through our relationships. We shape and form our decisions and who we become off of the people that we're around. If we don't keep a true purpose and focus on the purpose of these relationships and of these friendships, we misuse them. When we don't know the purpose of our finances, we misuse them. We misappropriate them. They become something they should never have become. We use them in ways that we should never be using them, and we end up being a slave to them oftentimes because we don't know the purpose of our finances. We lose sight of the purpose. If we don't know the purpose in our career and in our time priorities, we misuse them and we get way off course. I have a great example of this idea of not knowing the purpose of something and misusing it. How many of you guys know what this is? Don't shout it out. For those of you listening to the podcast, um, oh well, Listen. I don't know really how to explain this thing, but I'm going to try. As a child, I knew exactly what this was. How many of you encountered one of these as a child? Anyone? Yes? And did you, did, did you encounter it in the same way that I encountered it? The way that I encountered this as a child was like this. <laughs> this is what I thought the purpose of this was. Obviously, it's a gas mask, right? Did anyone else think this, or am I, am I by myself in this? I'm by myself. Nobody else thought it makes sense. It sticks to your nose. Like, seriously. But um, I didn't know the purpose of this, so I was misusing this. I'm, uh, I'm like breathing like Darth Vader. I'm like, you can't get me, you can't get me Seth. Uh, I got a gas mask. Your, your toxins don't worry. I'm watching G.I. Joe thinking that I'm like Cobra Commander or something, you know? I mean, it's not a far, fa- it's not a far stretch, but I'm totally misusing that what this is. For those of you who don't know, um, this is a, uh, it's called a cup. And it protects uh, the male parts uh, when you're playing baseball. Evidently, it goes into a jockstrap. But um, I would flip it upside down and hold it over my face like it was a gas mask. See, if you don't know the purpose of something, you tend to misuse it. And so in our relationships, we're walking around like this. In our finances, we're walking around like this. And we look like morons. Right? And it's funny and it makes sense when you use it for a jockstrap and a cup, but so many of us do this in so many areas of our lives. We don't know, we lose sight of the purpose of something and we misuse it and we get off course and it becomes something that it should have never become. And if we don't focus on the purpose, we tend to be led and guided by popularity. We tend to be led and guided by what everybody else is doing. We just kind of go with the flow. We follow the crowd, and then that, I feel like that's why social media has been so powerful and such this huge thing. Because it's like we walk around asking the question: Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like what I just said? Do you like my 140 characters there? Like, did you think that that was good? Do you do you approve of me? Do you approve of what I do? You approve of the picture that I just posted of my food? Do you approve of what I'm eating? Do you think that's awesome? Do you approve of my kitchen counter? The rest of it's covered in dishes, but this section in the picture is clean. Do you approve? Do you think that this is awesome? Do you think that this is great? Is this okay? Do you approve of this decision? Do you like my house? Is my house new enough or big enough for you? Do you think this is great? How about my car? It's got a lot of miles, but it sure does look shiny. Do you like it? Is it great? And so we begin to find our identity, and we begin to be led and guided by popularity, and we lose sight of purpose if we're not focused on the purpose that God has given us, if we're not focused on the calling that he has placed on our lives. And so we need to realize that living from, for the approval of people oftentimes keeps us from the purposes of God. When we're living for the approval of people, oftentimes it, 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 it keeps us from the purposes of God. And so what I want to do is I want to pray together, and I want to look at a few ideas kind of surrounding this idea and this concept. So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for the awesome time of fellowship and community that we get to experience here at Central Church, the incredible donuts and the coffee and the just hanging out and the atmosphere where we can just be together. God, I thank you for the time that we get to sing songs of praise and adoration to you in response to who you are in our hearts, who you are in our lives. And God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word and allow it to speak truth to us. God, I pray this morning that you would soften our hearts and that you would open our minds that we would be receptive to what you have for us today. That we would leave this morning encouraged, challenged, and changed. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. "Amen." So, living for the living for the approval of people oftentimes keeps us from the purposes of God. In Hebrews chapter eleven, verse twenty-four, there's this guy named Paul, and so Paul wrote like a huge chunk. Of the New Testament. The way this worked is that after Jesus came and did his thing, there was this guy named Paul who God called to start churches. And so he traveled around and he started all these churches all over the place. And then he would write these churches letters of, hey guys, here's how you do it. Here's how you have a good relationship with God. Here's how you carry out following Jesus. This is how this whole Christianity thing works. And so Paul would write these letters to these different areas, like Philippians is to the church in Philippi, it's a letter that Paul wrote to Philippi, or Corinthians is to the church in Corinth. Ephesians is the church in Ephesus, right? And so he's writing to all these different people, and in in his letter to the Hebrews, he says this in chapter 11, verse 24. He says this, "...by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt." Because he was looking ahead to his reward. So if you don't know the story of Moses, Moses um, was this baby, this Hebrew baby boy, who was put you know, in the basket and placed down the river, right? And then Pharaoh's daughter came. You guys may have heard this in kids' church or seen it on PBS or something. Pharaoh's daughter, or Prince of Egypt, maybe you saw that movie. And Pharaoh's daughter takes him in as his own and kind of adopts him and, and does the thing. And so he's raised in these palace courts. He's raised as like a, 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 a what, grandson of the Pharaoh, And so he's known as this like popular guy doing all this stuff, living in writs and glamour and glitz and the whole deal, right? And then he but he sees the people of God, the Hebrews people, being tortured and and enslaved and all these things. And he says, you know what? No, God has called me to something else. God has placed a specific purpose and calling on my life. And so it says here what Paul's saying to the Hebrews, he says, he chose to be mistreated. He said, you know what? I could either choose pleasure or I could choose purpose. And I'm choosing purpose. And he says that, um, that uh, blah, 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 disgrace for the sake of Christ has a greater value than the treasures in Egypt. And he was looking ahead to his reward. And so Moses is seeing this, and he denied his comfort for calling. He had a distinct calling on his life, a distinct purpose that he had to pursue. And it would have been super easy to stay in his comfort zone and to stay in the palace and with the Pharaoh and have maids and the best food and the best everything. And he says, you know what? No, 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 no. God has called me to reach my people. God has called me to reach out to his people and to lead them and guide them. And God has placed a specific purpose on my life. And he was able to be used by God because his calling and his purpose superseded his comfort and popularity. Does that make sense? And so there's very, 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 there's a lot of power in purpose. And if we can hone in on our purpose and we can focus on our purpose, God wants to use that. And so I have three kind of Thoughts that I want to forward to you this morning. Three ideas about purpose. Now, if you're waiting for the punchline for me to tell you what your purpose is, stop, because I'm not going to do that. It's not my job to tell you what your purpose is. You need to get with God and say, God, what do you have for me? And let him speak to you, okay? It's not Sam's job to say, Philip, your purpose is to wash my clothes. Uh, DBH, your purpose is to do, no, 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 that's that's not the deal. God's going to give you your calling and your purpose. And you know what? It's unique and it's beautiful, and it's special, and it's perfect for you. And your purpose and your calling is not the same as my purpose and my calling. And my purpose and my calling is not the same as your purpose and your calling. We all have something different that God has called us to and designed us for. And so don't look to me for the answers. You need to get with God and find those answers. But here's the deal. I believe that our purpose kind of shifts and takes form and takes shape through our journey, through our life. And I feel like there are different seasons in our purpose. There are different seasons in our calling. And oftentimes we can get super discouraged because we look at other people and see where they're at. And then we look and see where we are and we're like, oh, I suck. Right? In comparison to what they got going on. I mean, if we're being honest. And it gets really difficult at times. And so I got these kind of three ideas how purpose, and we can, if we can hone in on our purpose and on our calling and focus on these things, it's really, 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 really going to be advantageous to you in your faith journey and in your life. And so the first one is this. Purpose diminishes distractions. Purpose diminishes distractions. When we're able to focus on our purpose, it's easier for us to not get distracted. There's this guy in the Bible named Nehemiah There's actually a whole book called Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And so the story with Nehemiah is that God called him to rebuild the city walls around Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was a city and it got attacked and the walls were down, which left them vulnerable and wide open to attacks, wide open for anybody to come in and do anything and do whatever they wanted. And so there was no real future in sight for Jerusalem because they couldn't protect themselves. They were just open game to whoever, right? And so God calls Nehemiah and says, you know what? I want you to rebuild this wall. That's your purpose. That's your calling. That's what I've created you to do. That's what I've designed you to do. Make it happen. And so Nehemiah says, cool, I'm going to do this. And so he goes to work and gets on it. But Nehemiah, from the very beginning, is faced with distraction after distraction after distraction after people trying to get him off that wall. I mean, even the king summons him at one point, says, I want to have a meeting with you or whatever. And, and Nehemiah's like, no, nah, man, that's cool, but I got something to do. God has called me to do this. And so this is what I'm going to do. And he focuses in on his purpose, and he's able to push aside the distractions. Now, one of the major distractions that I feel like we face in the here and now, in our context, and in our culture, one of the major distractions that we face is comparison. The comparison distraction. Again, fueled by social media. But this distraction comparison where we look and we say, Man, I know God's called me to do this, but but I'm just in school. And I'm just doing school, and it's it's such a burden. because so, I want to be doing that, but God's got. But I'm here, and maybe maybe I just need to to jump ahead to that. I mean, they're they're doing it. They're out there doing it, and I'm I'm here. Listen, God's got you in school. If that's part of your purpose, if that's a season in your purpose, then focus on school, and be a hundred percent in school, and get school taken care of, because that's where God has you right now or we look at other people and we say you know well they're doing this they're doing that and i'm stuck here and i don't know that my purpose is important as their purpose right i'm not up front leading people or i'm not out on tv or i'm not leading this or doing that and having influence and all of this and we get kind of distracted by comparing ourselves to others and when we do that we lose sight of the purpose that god has given us it's very easy for me in my profession right being a pastor. I can easily look around and look at these other churches that started at the same time we did or started after us, and they're blowing up, and they're baptizing 100 million people every Sunday. I don't understand it. The whole world should be baptized by now because their social media says they baptize everyone, right? And I could look at that and be like, oh, my gosh, this is so hard. This is so crazy. We've been at this for six years, and we've been trucking along, and I could easily get distracted by that. But I have to consistently refocus myself and say, what's my purpose? What's my calling? My calling is to be here in Madison Heights, to minister to all the beautiful faces in this room not the people out in those rooms but the people in this room and so i have to consistently focus on the purpose that god has called me to because it's so easy to get distracted and here's the deal when we do this it's going to look different it's going to look different to people they're going to see us focusing on our purpose and they're going to be like what's that all about because they're comparing themselves to you Who's comparing themselves to everybody else, right? And so when we get focused and laser focused on what God has called us to do, we're going to do school differently because we're focused on our purpose here and now in this part of our our journey. We're going to do relationships differently because we're focused on the purpose of our relationship and where is this relationship going? Where is this relationship taking both of us as individuals as we move closer to Christ? Uh, We're going to handle our money differently. When we focus on the purpose of our money and we're not distracted by comparing our money situations to everyone else's money situations and how they're spending their money and how we're spending our money and how they're giving their money and how we're giving our money. But when we're focusing on what God has called us to do with our money, it's going to look differently. When, when, when we're focusing on our job and on our family and on our time priorities and we're not distracted by comparing it to everyone else, we say, what has God called me to? It's going to look different. People are going to come up to you and say, why are you brown bagging your lunch? You, have, you make enough money to go out. Well, see, it's important to me. My purpose is that I'm getting out of debt because I don't want to be a slave to debt. I want to be able to be generous and live a giving life, but I can't because I have these two handfuls. Remember when we talked about those? And so I'm trying to eliminate a little bit of that so I can be the giving person that God has called me to be. And you know what that means? It means I'm sacrificing every day, taking a brown bag to lunch at work. And it looks a little bit different. And people are going to be like, whoa, that's so weird but you're focusing on your purpose. And if you're focused on your purpose, you won't get distracted as easily. Does that make sense? It's a grind. It's a grind. But it's, it's, it's the sweet spot that God has called us to live in. It's the sweet spot that he has for us. Why are you staying pure in your relationship when everybody else is going crazy and doing whatever they want? Because I'm focusing on the purpose. I'm focusing on the purpose of this thing. I'm doing things different. Are you sure you're supposed to be a stay-at-home mom? Are you sure? I mean, you could make so much money and you could do all the... God's given me a purpose. And I'm I'm focusing on my purpose. And I'm doing what God has called me to do. And I'm not going to get distracted by the comparison of everybody else. And it covers all the different avenues of life. Focusing on our purpose, and purpose diminishes distractions. The second thing is that purpose pushes you through the pain. Purpose pushes you through the pain. Moses, remember that verse we just read where it talked about how he left the the glitz and glam of Egypt and all this stuff? Well, next thing we normally think of in the story is him standing in front of like the Red Sea and parting the Red Sea, right? You've seen the movie Charlton Heston. He like puts a stick down and and it's this great thing, right? We think it goes straight to that, right? It just jumps out. Oh yeah, I'm following God. Awesome. It goes to these huge events where he like throws his staff down. He's in front of Pharaoh. No, no, no. There's a time in between there where Moses, he finds himself tending his father-in-law's flock on the backside of nowhere. He's a nobody from nowhere tending his father-in-law's flock. Not even his own property. Taking care of his wife's dad's property. Talk about humiliating. Dude's got nothing. On the backside of nowhere. But you know what he has? His purpose and his calling. God says, I want to do something awesome in you. And there's going to be seasons and there's going to be times when you feel like you're on the backside of nowhere with nothing, but your purpose can push you through the pain. Same with Nehemiah, the guy that's rebuilding the wall. He's rebuilding this wall and it got so bad with all the distractions and all the attacks and all the different things that were going on that it ended up that he had to get all of his guys together, all of his people together. Half of them would work on the wall while the other half stood guard and then they would like switch Because there were so many attacks, so many distractions, so many things coming at him, but purpose can push you through the pain. Or how about Mary when she finds out she's pregnant with Jesus before like the final betrothed of wedlock and all of this stuff, right? Pregnant before she's officially married. That's punishable by death. You know how much guts it took for her to come out and say to Joseph, hey, this is what happened, this is what's going down And for Joseph to to be on board with that and say, yeah, this is a gift from God and we're moving forward with this. Purpose can push you through the pain. Or how about Jesus? Hanging on the cross. Beaten. Dying a sinner's humiliating death. Purpose can push us through the pain. I have two words for our current context and our current culture. Child birth. Purpose can push you through The pain, guys, you have no idea. Me neither. Women, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Purpose can push you through the pain. We need to find God's purpose in our season. Because many of us are in that zone right now. We're in that season where we feel like we're on the backside of nowhere doing nothing, accomplishing nada. We need to be able to say, what's God's purpose in this? What's God's purpose for me? And how can that help me to push through this emptiness that I'm feeling? How can I use that to push through this hard time that I'm going through? How can I use that to push me through this season that I'm facing? So purpose diminishes distractions. Purpose pushes us through the pain. And the third thing, the third idea that I want to forward this morning is that purpose empowers us to please God. Purpose empowers us to please God. God, Moses, when he was uh, going through to lead the people of Israel out of their captivity and slavery to Egypt, um, you know, Pharaoh came at him pretty hard to deter him and to shut him down. Pharaoh was like on his tail. Pharaoh was like, no, man, it ain't happening. And so that's why the plague thing all took place and all these plagues came. And God was like, hey, man, don't mess with my boy Moses. Pharaoh's like, I don't care. And so they were doing this thing, right? And they were doing this like dance. And so Pharaoh came hard at him. And then once, listen, this is what's crazy. So Moses is is, is facing all this adversity, but he's like, no, man, I'm empowered by God. God has called me to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing. And then once he gets the people of Israel out, which I think is crazy and the God parts the Red Sea, and they go through, and all this crazy stuff is happening. These people are seeing this, right? They're not blindfolded. They've seen God working in all of this, and then they have the audacity on the other side of the Red Sea for them to come out and be like, man, at least we have meat back in Egypt. What's up with this crap, right? This is terrible. I would rather be back there. This is the worst thing ever. And so Moses is is facing all these, like, super complainers and Debbie Downers, right? I'd be like, guys, did you not just see what happened here? You know, but he's facing all of this adversity and all of a sudden, and Moses is like, no, listen, listen. God has given us a purpose. God has called us to do this. Purpose empowers us to please God. There were these guys, you know, I told you about Paul a second ago who went out and planted churches and shared the story of Jesus. There was these, uh, this other group that was doing the same thing, Peter, this guy Peter, and a, a bunch of the apostles, a bunch of these dudes back in the day were going out starting churches telling people about Jesus, and they were consistently beaten. They were consistently thrown in jail. They consistently met adversity. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, it, it, it tells us a snippet of what Peter said about the situation. He said, We must obey God rather than human beings. When we have our purpose, it empowers us to follow God even when we face adversity, even when we're going through these tough times. I tell a story all the time in uh, CC101, which is our crash course of who we are and where you fit here at Central Church. If you want to be part of that, visit the Welcome Center. It's like a three- or four-week crash course uh, all about Central Church. But I share a story in there um, of when we first started here at Central And um, it was way back in the day, back when we had orange carpet and orange pews and everything. And um, we used to have communion set up. Actually, I think it was right here, because we had one of those giant uh, communion tables, you know, that they have at churches that say, like, do this in remembrance of something. But it was in, like, Latin, so you didn't even really know what it said. It just looked kind of funny. And it was huge, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? And so, do you guys not know what I'm talking about? Has anyone been to an old school church that has one of these? Let me see. Okay, so you do know what I'm talking about. They, they usually have like fake flowers on them, right? So what we did is we threw away the fake flowers, and we said, we're going to have communion every single week. And so we set it up here, and we were like, listen, we're going to do this remembrance of Jesus. We're going to have communion every single week. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. And so at the end, when we do worship, after the talk, we're just going to take communion, and that's how we're going to do it. And um, so people were like, yeah, cool. And then like two weeks in, people were like, oh, yeah, not so cool. And then like a couple more weeks in, this guy came to me, and he was like, hey, listen, uh, you need to stop doing communion every week. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you need to, you need to stop doing that. I'm like, well, why? What's up? He's like, that's gross. I'm like, that's gross? He's like, you know, germs, and it's sitting out the whole service. I'm like, all right, bro, so you never eat fast food, you never go to a salad bar, you never eat at uh, any of these other places. I mean, come on, really? And he's like, no, you need to stop doing this. And I was like, hmm. Okay, no, right? Something that we've established since the beginning here is that um, as, as the pastor, and it was, it was a lot harder on the earlier stages when we only had like 12 people, but I, I intentionally don't know what anyone gives financially here at the church. Uh, I know big numbers like what we take in, but I don't know who gives what because I don't want to please people, I want to please God, right? And so this guy, <laughs> I wish I would have known this information, He's like, you need to stop having communion. I'm like, yeah, we're not gonna stop doing that because I feel like it's important. It's kind of making it real and it's, it's something different and it's getting us out of our box and all this stuff. And um, so the next week he leaves the church. He's like, I'm not coming back. I can't handle this. It's unacceptable. I'm like, okay, man, see you at Ponderosa, right? Um, <laughs> so he takes off. The next week, our offering drops by like 50 or 60%. And I'm like... Oh dude, when you 're a church of like 15, 20 people, that 's a big deal. And so I was like, "Oh no, but but purpose empowers you to please God, right? If I would have known what this dude gave financially, I might have tended to, to please people rather than pleasing God because that 's what God had for our faith community in that season, right? And so it 's super important. For us to recognize our purpose, our calling. What has God called us and gifted us to do? Because here's the deal. We can't please everyone, but we can please God. We can't please everybody, but we can please God. And he's giving you a unique purpose for your life. And so when we're faced with the choice of purpose or popularity, we need to focus on our purpose. We need to allow our purpose to carry us through. We need to allow our purpose to guide us and to direct us. You know, And there's gonna be times when you're raising kids and you're elbow deep in diapers. When I say diapers, you know what I really mean. And you're elbow deep in this stuff, but we need to keep our eye on the prize. We say, God's giving me a purpose. I'm gonna shape this little person to be a follower of Jesus and to impact this world in awesome and amazing ways, right? When we're elbow deep in that stuff, we need to keep our eye on on the prize, when we're getting out of debt and we're sacrificing every single day and every single lunchtime is a battle and a struggle because all you want to do is go get buffalo wild wings with your friends but you're brown bagging it and you're making the sacrifice and you're doing the thing, listen look forward to the reward, look forward to the life that God has called you, follow the purpose that he has given you when we're fostering children or we're helping others and it's the hardest thing we've ever done And it feels like we're hurting in places that we didn't even know we could hurt. If we focus on our purpose, it's going to help to push us through the pain. When we're living for Jesus and people look at us and they don't understand. They don't understand why we view things the way we view things. They don't understand where our joy comes from. They don't understand the generosity that's part of our DNA. They don't understand the decisions that we make and why we make them. We just need to remember that we can't please everybody, but we can please God. And we need to be able to say, I choose purpose over popularity because there is power in purpose. It diminishes distractions, it pushes us through the pain, it empowers people to please God because you can't please everyone, but you can please God. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you're feeling like ultra distracted. You know, Maybe you're comparing yourselves to others and you're feeling ultra distracted about what's going on around you and you're trying to focus on what God's called you to do. You know he's called you to be a stay-at-home mom. You know he's called you to be a student. You know he's called you to the workplace that you're in. He know, you know he's called you to the sphere of influence that you have. You know he's called you to the friend group that you have, but you're feeling super distracted and like you're being drawn out and drawn away to something else. Maybe you're in here distracted and you need to just kind of refocus on the purpose that God has called you to. Refocus on the purpose and the calling that he has for your life. And don't get caught up in comparison, but to embrace what God has uniquely designed you for. Maybe you're in here this morning and you're in a season of pain. Maybe you're going through the ringer. Maybe you feel like Moses on the backside of nowhere with nothing. And it's hard, really hard. Maybe you just need to pause and refocus and say, God, what's, what's my purpose in this? What's your purpose for me in this? Where are you trying to take me? What are you trying to, to, to bring up inside of me? Where are you trying to, 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 for me to go? What are you doing in my life? Maybe you're in here. Really, this is all of us. We need to focus on the purpose that God has given us, that it can empower us to please God. We don't get embarrassed and shy and whatever because of other people. But we say, no, you know what? It might look weird to you, but this is what God's called me to do. And I'm down with it.
1: I'm doing it day in and day
0: out. might look strange, but that's okay. I can't please everybody, but I can please God. I know what he's called me to. Some of you in here this morning, you might be at square one and saying, well oh, crap, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? That's a conversation you need to have with God. You say, God, what do you have for me? Who do you want me to be? Where do you want me to go? How do you want to use me in this world? And a lot of times it starts with just surrender. It doesn't start with having all the answers. It starts with just opening up and saying, God, what do you want to do? Let's do this. So wherever you are, whatever you're facing, whatever's going on in your world and in your life and in your heart, we just want to give you guys a few moments to kind of deal with that to do business with God. If you are in here and you're feeling distracted, pray that God would give you some laser focus. If you're in here and you're going through a painful season, pray that God would show you the purpose through this pain. If you're in here this morning and you need to step up, you know what God's called you to do, you just need to step up and stop worrying about everybody else around you. Maybe you need to do business with Him on that. Or if you're at square one, say, God, I'm here. I want to be used by you. We want to give you the opportunity to do that. So if you want to Pray with me real quick. The band's gonna lead us in a few songs and so just carve out some time for you to do business with God. God, thank you so much for your word. <clears throat> thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy and your compassion. Thank you for the grace for all the choices that we've made to this point that weren't the best. But God, I pray that you would give us wisdom to make the right choices moving forward not only would you give us the wisdom to know what to do, but you would give us the strength and the courage to actually do something about it. God, for those of us in here this morning that are distracted, I pray that you would bring focus. For those of us in here this morning that are going through pain, I pray that you would bring comfort and healing and illuminate the purpose through their pain. God, for all of us, I pray that we would be empowered to please you by focusing on the purpose and calling that you have created us for. God, we open ourselves up to you. We pray that as we draw near, you would draw near. That we would feel you in a mighty and powerful way this morning. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we've